Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Today on the podcast, I want to talk about church switchers. Now that's a new phrase for me, church switchers. I came across that uh, title of a recent Lifeway research project about why adults change churches. And the results of their surveying are quite interesting to me, partly because of what they reveal, but also because of what they don't. So let me talk for a few moments about what the study itself showed, and then I want to conclude with some uh, thoughts about how to respond in a context when there are going to be people who switch churches. First of all, a church switcher is an adult who has attended more than one congregation in their adult lifetime. Most, however, only attend two or three. So the idea that a person is going from church to church to church to church to church is really a myth. Most adults don't do that. They may change churches once or twice in their lifetimes, but not frequently. The number one reason why people change churches is they moved. (laughs) Residential change. The number one reason is not they don't like the music or they don't like the preaching or they don't like the theology or they don't like the politics, although all of those issues are going to be coming up in just a moment in the survey. The number one reason why people change churches, adults change churches, is they residentially moved. They went from one community to another, one state to another, one area to another. But what about those who just stayed in the same area and relocated, moved from one church to another? What were their reasons? Well, there are actually quite a number of them. But here's what's interesting to me. None of these reasons exceeded 30% in the survey. In other words, there is no majority reason. There's no main reason. There's no one reason. In fact, in the survey results, there were six different reasons that people gave for switching churches that achieved at least 20%, but less than 30% of the responses. So what that tells us is there are a number of different reasons why people change churches, not just one reason. Now, the most important reason is that people relocate. But setting that one aside, changing residential areas, what are the other reasons that people who don't relocate give for changing churches? Well, here they are. These top six range from 20 to 29% of the respondents. 29% said some things changed about the church I did not like. 29% also said the church was not fulfilling my needs or fulfilling my reasons for attending church. 27% said I became disenchanted in some way with the pastor. 26% said I became disenchanted in some way with the church. 22% said I could not agree with some of the church's teachings or positions on issues or politics. 
and 20% said, I felt out of place at the church. Now, if you're thinking, wait a minute, that adds up to more than 100%, recognize that some people gave more than one answer. This was not asking people, what is the only reason you switched churches? It was, what are the reasons you switched? And people could choose more than one answer. But isn't it striking that not one of these rises to a majority, that there's not one clear reason why people switch churches? But notice that there's kind of a collection of ideas around a couple of key themes. One of the themes is the preaching, teaching, the theology, the doctrine, and bleeding over into the politics that are communicated in the church. And the other theme that emerged in these top six categories was relationships with the pastor and perhaps relationships with other members that caused them to feel disenchanted. So uh, what's taught and what's lived in relationship was clearly uh, the factors in these top six categories. Now, that's why people switch churches. But when they go to a new church to check it out, so to speak, or to consider becoming a part of it, what, what are they looking for? Well, this was a little more revealing, a little more definitive. 68% of people who switched churches said that the first event or activity they engaged with in the new congregation was the worship service. 68% said it was the worship service. Now, that's very interesting because we tend to think, oh, well, they're, they're probably going to engage with us through like some service we provide in the community or some small group meeting that we're going to have or some Bible study that we're going to offer or some uh, project that we're involved with. Not really. Here are the numbers. Uh, about 6% said that their first engagement with a new church was a small group or a study of some kind. 6% said it was a social get-together. 5% said it was a streamed or online worship service. 4% said it was a home group. Um, a class or a Bible study that attracted them was 4%. A service ministry of the church, 4%. A musical event like a concert, 2%. This tells us something very significant, and that is when people are evaluating a church, the first and most important thing they're evaluating is the worship service. What happens there? They're not primarily evaluating classes in the building, home groups, social get-togethers, uh, musical events, service ministries, or even online services. Still, 68%, about 70%, are evaluating what happens in the worship services. Now, they also report that they do stream a worship service before visiting in person but they didn't make their decision about whether or not to go only on the stream service. They may have sampled it a little bit there, but they didn't make their decision until they actually experienced the worship 
service of the church in person. Now, this, I'll come back to in a moment, really underscores the importance of what we're doing in what we call the front door, the the worship service, the most public uh, and most significant thing that our church does every week or that a church does every week and how much difference it makes in attracting and holding new people. Now, when a person is changing churches, you may wonder, well, how how long does it take them to decide about going to a new church? Or how long does it take them to decide if they're going to engage with a church that they've visited for the first time? Well, interestingly enough, 70% of people who switch churches said that they chose their current church or their new church after three visits or less. Most people who choose a new church do not go there 20 times or take six months to decide. They visit two or three times and decide if that's going to be their new church home or not. Again, this speaks to us about the strategies that we need to have in place about connecting with people immediately when they come to visit our church. Now, Another important part of people deciding about the church and where they're going to commit was the church's doctrine and its preaching. About 86% of people said what a church believes and how well it's communicated is important in their decision to attend a church. 86%. That's a significant number, which tells us that most people are looking for content that connects with them, and that helps them to understand how to develop their relationship with God. Well, here's what we've learned so far. Most people are not what are commonly called church hoppers. Most adults are not going from church to church to church to church. There are a few that are, certainly, but not most. Most adults are only a member of two or three churches in their adult lifetime. And when they switch churches, they tend to do so for a plurality of reasons, not just one. When they go to a new church, the most important experience they have with that new church is the main worship gathering. It's not a class. It's not a home group. It's not a ministry they're off that's offered. It's not an attractive Bible study or a musical event like a concert. No, The single most important factor is the worship service. And then when they do decide to switch churches, they're going to only come to visit two or three times before they make their decision. And then they're going to either commit or move on to other options. Well, that's a brief overview of the study. But now let me talk with you as a church leader about strategies for dealing with with people who are in the process of church switching or who are going to be a candidate perhaps to change churches uh, in their adult lifetime and either come to or depart from your church. So here are some strategies to keep in mind. Number one, be realistic. Some people will leave your church. Most people won't, but some will. I say be realistic because my early 
days of pastoral ministry were not realistic on this issue. I felt like that when a person became a member of our church, it was membership for life. And it was my responsibility to hold on to them at whatever cost and build our church by maintaining every single member who came our way. When anyone left, I was devastated. I took it personally. I wondered what I had done wrong. What was wrong with me? What was deficient about our church? I had an unrealistic expectation that everyone who came to our church was going to stay forever. And because I was unrealistic, I set myself up for some emotional devastation and some real depression. So my first counsel for you today is to be realistic. You are going to have members of your church leave from time to time. And just as you have some members leave from time to time, you're going to gather some members from other churches who are going to come to you from time to time. Now, it's so easy to get puffed up about the people who are coming and to say, oh, I'm so excited because new people are joining our church and forget that they're coming from somewhere in some cases and leaving behind a church that may feel a loss that because of the departure of some of its members. So let's remember to be realistic. When we have new people come in, we're grateful, but we also recognize the pain that may have caused from some departures in their lives. When people leave us, that will be painful, but we recognize that it's an inevitable part of church ministry that some people are just not going to stay with us. So be realistic. Accept the fact that some people are going to switch churches. Some people are going to leave you. Others are going to join you. It's a normal aspect of adult spiritual development and progressive church life. Be realistic. Second, in the context of church switching, it's important for you to stay focused on your mission and not degenerate into a place of pleasing people just to hold on to them. Focus on your mission. It's so important that you, your church has identified your mission, your unique responsibility to fulfill the Great Commission and the Great Commandment in this generation, in your context. It's so important that you've identified what is your specific mission. And then focus on doing that. It'll be hard because you'll drift. You'll want to please people, meet people's needs, hold on to people, accommodate people. You'll want to do whatever you have to do to not lose anyone. But in the context of drifting toward that perspective, you will lose your focus on your mission. And losing that focus will ultimately, will ultimately be far more damaging to your church than one or two families leaving every year. Stay focused on your mission. Don't focus on holding on to people. If you clearly articulate a mission and you're purposefully and intentionally pursuing it, 
many people will join in with you and will all be moving along with you together toward fulfilling that mission. And those who don't, it's probably best that they leave anyway because they are not committed to your mission. They're not on board and going the direction you're going. And ultimately, it's going to cause difficulty. So stay focused on your mission and allow people to leave who may not be as focused on your mission as you are and as you want your church to be. The third thing I would say is, in the context of church switching, be authentic. Excel at who you are. To borrow a tired cliche from a television commercial, be all that you can be. It's so tempting to try to create a church that is all things to all people, meets all needs for all expectations, has all styles of music, all styles of preaching, all styles of dress, all styles of facilities. That's impossible. It's impossible. Be authentic. Be who you are. And focus on excelling at who you are. Look, if you're a if you're a country church that sings hymns and has a piano, just do that well. Don't be intimidated by a city church that does things differently. Don't be intimidated by a larger church that does things differently. Focus on who you are. Be authentic. Don't fake it. Now, that doesn't mean you can casually just be whatever you are. No, you got to be what you are with excellence, with devotion, with sincerity, with intentionality. But be what you are. Be authentic. A few years ago, I was asked to speak at a major collegiate conference. I think there were about 600 college students there. I got to this event, and I found myself sitting on the front row under a speaker listening to what they said was music. I don't know what it was. It was not my style. It was not my uh, perspective. Let's put it that way. It wasn't what I enjoyed. I listened to this and I thought, man, I am so out of touch. I, I am so not this anymore. I don't know when it happened, but I got old and I, I just stood there thinking how out of place I was and wondering why they had invited me to speak. But eventually it became my turn. So I walked up on the platform and opened my Bible and, and preached my message. And when I finished, the response was very positive, very affirming. So next day, I did it again. But after the two sessions at this major conference, I sat down with the leaders and I said, look, I have to tell you, I, I don't know why you invited me. I, I said, I am, I am not hip. I, I'm not cool. I, I'm out of touch. I don't even know the music you're singing. I, 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 don't, I don't really fit in with the dress. In fact, I jokingly said, I'm the only person on the program that tucks their shirt in. <laughs> I'm old, man, and I'm old school. Why would you still invite me? And I'll never forget what the guy said. He said, Jeff, we invite you because you don't fake it. You just are who you are. And your authenticity comes through. 
These students don't mind listening to older people. Most of their professors in their colleges are older than them. They all have parents and grandparents and pastors they respect and look up to. And yeah, you're in that category. But the reason they came to this conference and want to hear you is because you don't fake it. You don't try to act like what you're not. You're authentic. Well, I took that as a high compliment. A high compliment. If you're concerned about trying to attract and hold on to all kinds of people from all kinds of perspectives and please everybody so that no one ever leaves your church, you will dilute yourself to the point you don't even recognize who you are or what your church is supposed to be. Be authentic. And that will mean that some people will not join your church or want to be a part of it. But that's okay, because a lot of other people will. I learned this lesson in a painful way, but in a clear way in my first pastorate. I was a pastor of a blue-collar working man's church. I think in an attendance of 200, we might have had four or five college graduates. All of my deacons were union workers or retired military. These were hard-working men with dirty fingernails. One Sunday, a new bank president who just moved to our city came to visit our church. We were thrilled he came. He was a very committed Christian, went on later to have, a, as a layman, a, an international speaking opportunity to train businessmen around the world and to sh- represent the gospel and to speak for Christ. Remarkable man. He visited our church. We had a wonderful experience with him and his wife and his family. Uh, we walked him out to the to the uh, parking lot. He stepped off the porch and went out to his car, and my deacon chairman was standing there with me. And I said, man, that was great to have a bank president visit our church this morning and such a committed Christian as well. And he turned to me and said, well, he he won't be back. And I I said, what do you mean? And he said, he'll go to another church, and he named this other church in our community because that's the kind of church that would really minister to a family like that. He doesn't really fit here. Man, that made me angry because I thought, well, why wouldn't he fit here? Why wouldn't we want him to fit here? Well, a few weeks later, after visiting our church a few times, he told me, we're not going to be able to come back and join here. We're going to go to a different church and become a member there. And the reasons were because he felt a greater connection there. He felt a greater sense of belonging. His wife and children felt like that was their place. I got it. But then he said this to me. He said, Jeff, you're a really good speaker. And if I were just judging the church just on the preaching, I'd probably come to your church. But I just need you to know that there's a lot more about church and where we need to go to church and how we fit into church and the program we're going to be involved in in church and the people we're going to go to church with than just the preaching. And we just need to go there. Well, I've known that guy all my life. He he and I maintained our friendship after that. In fact, we've had an ongoing relationship over the years that's been really enriching. What I learned from him was there are some churches that are going to reach 
certain kinds of people in certain kinds of communities. And while they may have a few outliers that join for different reasons, most churches have an identity. They're, they, they, they have a kind of people and a community of people that they basically reach. Now, I don't want to take this too far and say that we should be exclusive and that we should not try to reach everyone. I'm not saying that at all. But just look at most churches. Most churches have people that are a lot alike, and they tend to reach people and evangelize people who are going to come into their church and be comfortable there. Nothing wrong with that. That's what I mean when I say be authentic. Be who you are. I realized early on in my first church that I was a blue-collar, working man's church, and that's the kind of people we were going to reach, and that's the kind of people we went after. That didn't mean we didn't have a few professionals in our church. We did. We had a district attorney who later became a judge. We had people like that, but not very many. The bulk of our church and certainly the strength of our leadership reflected a a kind of blue-collar, working man's church that we were in that community. We were authentic. We knew who we were. We knew who we could reach. We knew what we were supposed to be doing, and that's what we did. So I want to encourage you today. Look, be who you are. That's why we need lots of different kinds of churches in most communities. We don't need the church to all look alike. We don't need every local church to look alike. We need churches to be different, to reach into different niches of community and different perspectives on community and different uh, different uh, areas and neighborhoods and cultural stratas. We need all of that. And we need churches that reach into all of those kinds of communities. So be authentic. Excel at who you are. Focus on the kind of church you're supposed to be. Fulfill your mission. Do it the way you're supposed to be doing it. And don't be intimidated in trying to please everybody and just hold on to every person that comes your way. Number four. This study tells us that we should all be focusing on having quality worship experiences. Now, don't misunderstand me here. Quality doesn't mean same style everywhere. For example, I was recently in a church that had a worship leader who simply stepped forward with a guitar and said, let's stand together and worship. And he led us in 25 to 30 minutes of beautiful, wonderful, worshipful music interspersed with prayers that really enriched my life and connected me with God. And I appreciated that. The Sunday before, I was in a church with a choir, with an orchestra, with a formal printed order of worship that went very smoothly and very clearly through uh, what was a more liturgical approach, and I loved it. It was done with excellence and with intentionality and with quality. So when I say that we have to focus on quality in our worship services, I don't mean that we have to focus on one kind of style or one kind of method. Look, if you're going to be a service driven by one guy standing up with a guitar, be sure you do that very well. If you're going to be a service driven by a choir and an orchestra, be sure you do that very well. And not just the musical components, But make sure that the prayers, the scripture readings, the transition points, the preaching, the invitation, the time of response, make sure that every single component of your service is done with intentionality and with excellence. Not copying how everyone else does it, but doing it the way your church does it, but doing it really well. When people come to your church, they may walk away and say, 
that's really not the kind of church I want to be a part of. But let it be a kind of church decision based on the content, not the quality of the experience they had. And then finally, this study tells us one more important thing, and that is as you're dealing with people who are church switching, who are coming to your church, focus on what I'll call early connections. It says in the study that people decide after only two or three experiences with the church whether they're going to become a part of it or not. Listen, when, a, when someone comes to your church for a worship service, they are sending you a signal that they are spiritually open, interested in a, a relationship with the church, and at least open to a dialogue about what that means in their lives. And this is whether they're a Christian or a non-Christian. I'm so concerned with pastors who say, well, we're going to let a person visit our church for six weeks before we reach out to them. We don't want to seem too pushy. You're missing a huge opportunity. When a person comes the first time, you need to make an early connection with them. And there need to be more than one connect points with them, not just one person, but maybe two or three, an email connect point, a text connect point, a visit connect point, an in, an, a personal interaction of some kind connect point. But making sure to make early connections in appropriate ways so that people recognize in those first two or three experiences with the church, if they want to be a part of it or not, because of the way you connected or reached out to them in the earliest possible days. The survey shows that most people decide after two or three contacts with a church whether they're going to become a part of it or not. You cannot wait six weeks. You may not get six weeks. So make early connections with people who are visiting your church or who are considering switching and becoming a part of your church. Well, there's a whole lot more to this issue I could talk about, but we don't have time today. There's all kinds of theological issues and practical issues and some issues that we need to be that need to be addressed about what do you do with people who come to your church who are leaving something in a bitter way or breaking off a relationship or doing something where they did damage to a church. Look, there's a whole lot of things that need to be talked about on this issue that we didn't have time to cover today. But today the focus was simply on the reality that some people do switch churches. It doesn't happen often. This idea of church hopping is more a myth than a reality. But Adults do change churches, sometimes two or three times over a lifetime. And those that are not doing it for a residential move reason, those who are not doing it do it for a lot of different reasons as we've identified today in this survey. And coming out of this survey, we've learned that in a church switching context, we need to be realistic, stay focused on our mission, be authentic and excel at what we do. Focus on improving the quality of our worship services so that no matter how we do them, we do them well. And focus on making early connections. Recognizing that people make a decision fairly early in the process of whether they're going to continue with any particular church. Church switchers. New terminology for me. The study was helpful. I hope my insights encourage you as you work in this context. You can lead effectively even when people are switching churches, leaving or coming. You can do good work as you lead on.